injuries and urgency. Well, there's plenty of that to go around the league as we kick off week 10 of the NFL season. I'm Adam Wright. You are listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88 and Secret Weapon Consulting. We have a big show planned for you guys tonight. We're going to talk about Josh Allen and how he there's a good chance he may not even play against the 7-1 and Vikings. We're going to touch on the Buccaneers and how they possibly could be in win now, mo- excuse me, win, uh, 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 must win mode. And we're going to hit on some fantasy football. And we're going to go and talk about a little more about the Jets defense and joining us and returning to the show for the first time since he was a co host. We have Brian Mucker, former co host and co founder of the Fumble Rooski podcast. Brian, welcome back to the show. Why don't you reintroduce yourself to some of our new listeners? Yeah, thanks for having me on, Adam. Uh, what's going on, guys? My name is uh, Brian Mucker. I am a sports management here at Dean College. Uh, I am current. I am from uh, Armagh, New York. And as most of you viewers know, I am a huge New York Jets fan, and rightfully so, the way that they've been playing football this year. Yeah, and. Uh... The Jets are playing some solid football, and you're going to hit on the Jets' defense in your guest segment, so Mm -hmm. very excited to hear about that. A lot of good drafting and free agency from GM GM Joe Douglas. We're going to get to that in a little bit, but I wanted to start off with the Buffalo Bills. So they lost to the New York Jets in an upset, but to make matters worse, they also possibly lost their starting quarterback for – at least a game. Uh, so Josh Allen is questionable versus the seven and one Vikings. He failed to practice in the first two um, in the first two sessions on Wednesday, on Wednesday and Thursday, and he managed to get on the practice field in limited fashion on Friday. It was very private when the media was around. He would always run off the field. So very very private how the Bills are taking it. Uh, and McDermott, head coach McDermott actually labeled it as hour to hour on whether or not he's going to be available. So they are really taking it down to the last minute. Um, So whether or not he plays is one thing we'll, we'll, we'll find out. And I'm sure if you guys, if you guys uh, are listening to this later on, you might know, you know, whether or not he's ruled out or if he's going to play or game time decision, but we're going to discuss whether or not the, the bills can even, uh, be without Josh Allen for a game. So the seven and the, the Vikings are seven and one, and there's a reason for it. Very good all around football. Kirk Cousins is playing mistake free as usually as usual with him, and also in the standings, the Bills are still first. They hold they hold the decision maker over the Chiefs, who also are six and two, same as the Bills. And there's also the Ravens, who are six and three, just a half game behind the Bills. So, Brian, is this a game where they, the Bills can afford to be without Josh Allen? No, it is not to me. I think this is going to be a huge blow to Buffalo's offense if Allen does not play. Um, yes, you do have Case Keenum, but do you think he's going to be a seven and one team in the Vikings? I don't think he. I don't think Buffalo has a shot, and I think it's a huge blow to the Buffalo offense considering that. Like you said, the Ravens and the Chiefs are right behind them. 
not to mention in their division, if they lose this game against the Vikings, they're going to be tied with the Jets and the Dolphins as a 6-3 team. Maybe not even the Dolphins because the Dolphins are going to be facing a pretty easy opponent coming up. And I think that this is a game that Buffalo really, really desperately needs after losing a very tough battle against the Jets. That is a fair point. You look at the division itself. The Dolphins are 6-3 and three right now. So if, they, if the Bills were to lose and the Dolphins win, the, the, the Dolphins are facing Cleveland. So yeah. good chance they pull, come out with a victory there. They would lose control of their division. So they wouldn't just fall like a couple seeds down. They would fall down to barely in the – they'd be in the wild card race at that point, yeah. which is a huge blow. And it's, it's tough to leapfrog so many teams, especially this late in the season. We're now more than halfway through. We're in week 10. So if they lose this game. However, looking at Case Keenum with Stephon Diggs, the last, two, the last time those two were on a team together was 2017 with the Vikings. They went 12-4. and four, And Keenum had a pretty good rapport with Stephon Diggs. So I wouldn't count it out that they come out with a victory here, even if they're even if they're without Josh Allen. And also to add on to that, they're to further add to that narrative, they're facing the Vikings this week. So isn't that interesting? It is very the interesting. Two former Vikings going up going up against the uh, the current Vikings who are seven and one. But listen, they they're going to need they will for seed uh, for seeding purposes this is actually a very important game and either way they're going to be playing to win they're going they're going to have to go out there and find a way to win whether or not it's with Josh Allen who's injured or if it's with Case Keenum who hasn't been a starter in uh ever since now. 2018 yeah. yeah i don't i think the last time was with uh they were at this point they were the Redskins in 2018 and yeah, Case Keenum had had earned himself a starting position after his impressive showing with the Vikings in 2017. But I mean, there's a reason why he's not a starter anymore. It, so, it is a must-win for the Vikings, um, or not the Vikings, the Bills. Um, but they are going to be facing a very, very tough pass rushing defense with Zadarius Smith, as everyone knows what he did with the Packers a couple of, uh, last year. He is a bloodthirsty dynamite coming off that line. And not to mention the, not only that the bills may or may not have Josh Allen, they're also losing very key pieces to that defense. We don't know if Matt Milano is going to be healthy, but they're going to be losing Jordan Poyer and Gregory Russo. It is going to be very, very, very tough for the bills to face against a team that like this, like the Vikings seven and one, it is to me it is a must win. The Bills have to win this game, no matter what. It, it must be a win for them. If they don't win this game, then it is going to be a very, very close race between not only the, the playoffs and the standings, but the division too. Yeah, and one th one last thing I wanted to look at uh, with this team is the Viking the Vikings schedule. So why are the Vikings seven and one? They faced. The three and six Packers, the one and six, the the Lions who just won their first game in uh, in a long time. They they won against the Saints, 
Bears, Dolphins when they were without uh, when they were without Tua Tungavailoa, and the struggling Cardinals, and the struggling Commanders, and they barely yeah. came out. They barely got out against that team. So I almost wonder also if this is like not to take away from the Vikings. They're they're having a solid season, but are they as good as their seven and one record? I'm not sure if I can say that quite. Yet. I, I I'm not sure if I can say they are quite yet. I mean, I just think positive. I just think they're missing a couple of key pieces on that defense, but it's possible that they can. I think they just need to clean it up. But like you said, the Vikings they did face a lot of easy, tough matchups against quarterbacks. Like you said, Tua was out. Carlos have been struggling. Commanders have been struggling. They've been one of the worst offenses in the lead right now. So they have been having it easy for them right now. I think right now that this is going to be a challenge for both teams. If Allen does not play, that's going to be a challenge for the Bills, having a quarterback come in, filling in for Josh Allen, and learning the playbook real quick. Um, so, the Vikings, that's going to be tough too because their defense, they, they rely more on their offense than their defense. Yeah, you're certainly right. We'll have to see yeah. how this goes, and we'll have to see whether or not Josh Allen plays. I mean, if Josh Allen – is a go, then all of this goes away. And there's a very good chance the Bills come out with a victory here. But mm-hmm. there's a good chance he's not playing. There's mm-hmm. there's a really good chance he doesn't play. And it'll be K- Case Keenum stepping in. So we'll have to see how he does if, the, if Allen isn't a go. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see. Yep. But in the meantime, we do want to move on. Next, we're going to talk about the oh, Buccaneers. Oh. We're oh, facing oh. the 6-3 and three Seahawks this season. Uh, uh, this uh, this uh, this Sunday, and we're going to see if this is a must-win game for the Bucks coming up. So we'll hit on that next. This is the Fumble Rooski podcast. This is the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power88 and Secret Weapon Consulting. I'm Adam Wright with special guest Brian Mucker. Now, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have lost. They're coming off two straight losses, and they they just won their first game after losing three in a row. Two of those games were against sub-500 teams that they lost to. So... They just came out with a victory. They are now four and five. And they're facing the Seahawks, who are having a pretty solid season at six and three. They're going, I believe they're I believe they're traveling to Seattle. No, they're actually are traveling they, to London or Germany. Germany. It's a morning game. All right. So so it's in Mu- so it's in Munich, Germany. Yeah. So is this a must-win game for the Buccaneers going forward? It has to be. It has to be. Um, they barely escaped that Rams team, and that Rams team has been a struggling offense. 
Not saying that the Bucs don't have a struggling offense, too. They're just – it has to be a must-win game. I mean, yeah, the Seahawks, everybody's surprised the way they've been playing. They have um, Geno Smith, at quarterback, who's been a real shock to the NFL writers. Everybody written him, basically written him off, wrote him off the book, saying he's not going to be good. The Seahawks are never going to be good after, the, after Seattle basically dismantled that whole entire offense or that whole entire team, basically. Um, but yeah, uh, it, mu- it has to be a must win for the Buccaneers. I get the Seahawks are, um, six and three, and they do have a great, great young secondary. It's just that the Bucks, I think are, they, they should be better than they are on paper. I mean, like, like, or they have the record record supposed to be that, that I know Brady is, Getting older in age, he's, I think, I believe he's like, what, 45, I believe, something like that. And the way that offense is with Fournette in the backfield, you have a young tight end core in Greg Otten and Cameron Bray, and then you got two good receivers in Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. It's Kate, it's Kate Otten. Kate Otten, Kate Otten. All right. I, I think, um, Brady just needs to, I guess, adjust himself in practice. I think he needs to work on these things in practice with these receivers, try to get them on the same page. And if he, hopefully these receivers for him get on the same page for him, if that were to be so, then I think they should be a sub 500 team. Yeah. So looking at this game, um, so whether or not it's a it's a must win, if they want to com- to compete for a championship and get up there in the standings, then they need to win this game. But looking at whether or not they're going to make the playoffs, they most likely will. They're going so their division is very very bad. The, ne- the second place team is the Atlanta Falcons, who are four and six. So whether or not they'll make the playoffs. Most likely they will, but um, they do have a fairly easy schedule coming up. So out of the next, the rest, the rest of the season, out of after this game, they only they're only facing one team with a record above five hundred, which is the five and four Bengals. And the Bengals have been up and down all season long, and and they have their issues as well. So whether or not they can get back in this, it's very possible. They could they could go on a str- on a tear here and let's say they finish let's say they win let's say they win out that's a 12 and 5 record and probably one of the top seeds top 2 3 seeds they're not getting the one seed they're probably not beating out the eagles but 2 3 seed that's not out of the question right there so i see this possibly i see this possibly working out for them i'm not sure if I would definitely call this a must-win because they're, they're, the, the Buccaneers aren't, try, aren't in it to make the playoffs. They're in win-now mode. This is, this is a win-now team. Their, their quarterback isn't getting any younger, obviously. 45-year-old guy in uh, Tom Brady. So they're going to, ha- they're going to have to win this game. I, I would definitely classify this as must-win um, just simply because their expectations are different than just making the playoffs. They might make the playoffs either way. But if they want to stay in the race to get a high seed and host a playoff game at Raymond James Stadium, 
they're going to want to to beat the six and three Seahawks. The Seahawks aren't really that tough. They're over they're overachieving here. Are they as good as their six and three record? They're a good team. Kenneth Walker has been a very very good running back for Seattle. The offensive line is probably the best it's been in years for Seattle. Some young talent coming through. Geno Smith is playing above expectations here. And they still have two very good targets in Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. And their defense is playing the best it has in a very long time as well. Just, I think the Buccaneers can beat them. They can. They need to play at their absolute best in order to do it. Yeah, I agree with you there. I, I agree. Uh, if it's, it, it has to be a must win for them. And I think it should be just because after next week, it's going to be their bye week. After their bye week, they're going to be facing two, not even 500 teams, Cleveland and New Orleans. If they escape the Seahawks, go into their bye week with a win, they're going to have hopefully two wins underneath their belt. Now, the next two games, I'm looking at their schedule right now. The next two games, week 14, week 15, they're facing two tough teams in San Francisco and Cincinnati. That is going to be a big challenge for them on their defenses. Obviously, the last two games are going to be their divisional games, but they need to win at least, I think, three in order to win the division. Yeah, I would say so. So they have about – so they have eight games left. I guess they need – I mean, that's a pretty low bar to set though, right? I think they can – that's easy. That's easy. They can do that. It Wait, is. Three, game, just... three out of the next eight games left? Yeah, it's a yeah, it is. Um, it's just that like they're facing like af- after the Seattle game after their bye, they're facing a Cleveland team that I don't think is even they they should be playing to their expectations as well, but they're not playing too well. They're facing a, another divisional rival in the Saints. They're not even playing that well. They rely they rely too much on Alvin Kamara to get that get that offense going. But then after that Saints game, they have at at San Francisco. That's gonna be very tough especially for that defense going up against one of the top 10 running backs in the league, one of the top 10 tight ends in the lead. And then not to mention another top 10 receiver in the lead. You also have a Bengals team. You saw what they did against the Panthers. That's going to be tough for them. I know it's the Panthers. Panthers aren't that great, but it's still going to be a challenge for them, especially since their defense has been struggling. Now they can possibly win their game in week 16, they're facing a struggling Cardinals team. And then their divisional games, hope that hopefully they lose by, by the rest of the season, hopefully they lose at least two. They can hopefully win at least five of their games. Well, six, including the Seahawks game, if they win this one. That's my expectations for the Bucs. If the Bucs win at least six of these games, I think that they'll be just fine going to the playoffs. Yeah, certainly. I th- I think my expectation is them to make the playoffs. Yes. But what I where where I am questioning them is whether or not they're a championship team. That offensive line is a little banged up. Yeah. The the running game is the worst it's been in a very long time, mostly because of the ru- mostly because of the offensive line, but it all trickles down. And their 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 wide receivers for some reason are dropping passes. And they have some pretty good wide receivers. Mike Evans, kind of a household name. Chris Godwin, pretty good as a wide receiver one, let alone that the fact that he's a, the two on that team. 
So I think I think they the expectation for this team should be championship level. That's what that's what they're that's what they're made for. That's why Tom Brady came out of retirement. So they real so I I do think they need to win this game against the Seahawks. They may be playing this this may be a very good Seahawks team here at 6 and 3. Geno Smith is playing the best football he's ever played. But that shouldn't matter. You're Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. And a top 5 with a top 5 defense. There's no excuse besides the offensive line, I guess. But still, you should be able to overcome that. They need to win this game very badly. Um all right. Well, I want to move on and we're going to get to our week 10 stardom situms for the fantasy football segment of our podcast. So don't go anywhere. Stardom Sidums coming right up. You are listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88 and Secret Weapon Consulting. Adam Wright here with special guest Brian Mucker. So we have reached the Fumble Rooski fantasy fix portion of our show. And we are into our week 10 stardom sit-ums. So as always, starting with the running backs, we have as a start, Josh Al, uh, excuse me, Josh Jacobs versus Indianapolis and Travis Etienne at Kansas City. We're going to sit Devin Stingletary versus Minnesota and Jeff Wilson versus Cleveland. Going on to wide receivers, we have as starts, we have Christian Kirk at Kansas City and Tyler Lockett at Tampa Bay. For sits, we have Deontay Johnson versus New Orleans and Adam Thielen at Buffalo. For tight ends, we have a start for Tyler Higby versus Arizona and TJ Hawkinson at Buffalo for sits. We have Dalton Schultz at green Bay and Gerald Everett at San Francisco for quarterbacks. We're starting Justin Fields versus Detroit and Dak Prescott at green Bay. We're going to sit Derek, uh, excuse me, Derek Carr versus Indianapolis and Aaron Rodgers versus Dallas for defense. We're going to start, Saints defense versus uh, Pittsburgh. We're going to start Colts versus Las Vegas. And we're going to sit Vikings at Buffalo and Texans at, uh, at the Giants. All right. There you have it. Those are our stardom sit for week 10. And stay tuned for our, next, for our other episodes where we give you our waiver wire pickups on Tuesdays. And on Fridays, we give you stardom sit-ems just like this one in case you are wondering who to start. But without further ado, we're going to move to our next segment, which is Brian, who's going to talk about the Jets' defense, which is playing out of their mind this year. That's next. This is the Fumble Rooski Podcast.
gentleman broken up and the pass is no sign yet. Edelman comes down with a football. They're saying it's a catch. It's a Welcome back to the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88 Secret Weapon Consulting. I'm Adam Wright with special guest Brian Mucker. Welcome to the guest segment of our show sponsored by Secret Weapon Consulting. For business plans, secret shoppers, bar spotting, server and management training, and so much more, visit www.secretweaponconsulting.com. Now, for our guest segment, Brian is going to hit on the Jets defense, which has been help, which has helped the Jets to a six and three record this season. So, Brian, what do you got? So, I'm going to start before I start getting into like the players in the draft. I'm going to start based on this. Joe Douglas, amazing job, amazing job bringing in key pieces that will help this team finally win. Now, I've been a Jets fan for pretty long. I've been through misery, obviously, the last couple of years. But he has, ever since he's been here, the last three or four years, I believe he's been here, it tells you the background he came from. He was a consultant to the GM of the Eagles when the Eagles won their Super Bowl. The Jets brought in Joe Douglas to help the Jets make a playoff team. Not a Super Bowl team yet, but a playoff team. He has done that. He has owned up to those expectations. And by doing so... It tells you what he did in the offseason by bringing in safety Jordan Whitehead, re-signing safety LaMarcus Joyner, signing linebacker Quan Alexander, and bringing in all this pass rushing defense, getting Carl Lawson back from a torn ACL that he suffered last year. You're seeing Quinnen Williams having a Pro Bowl season. You, Joe Douglas also drafted key pieces to – like the cornerback position, the pass rushing off and uh, side of the ball. He brought in Jermaine Johnson. He brought in Sauce Gardner. And on the offensive side of the ball, he did bring in Garrett Wilson. Michael Clemens, I know he doesn't really play that much, but he he's a nice pass rushing threat we have. He also brought in cornerback DJ Reed. I have nothing to say, but fantastic job by doing that. And I think it all starts also coming back from the coaching Robert Sahel, you know where he comes from. He comes from – he built that 49ers defense over there, end up going to the Super Bowl. He, he, he comes into New York. He gets hired as a head coach. Guess who he hires as defensive coordinator? He hires Jeff Obrick. Jeff Obrick was defensive coordinator with the Falcons during their Super Bowl days. They have made some very, very great decisions to improve on this franchise. Now – the offensive side of the Jets, I think, needs a little bit of work. I don't think they have a true number one standout receiver yet. Possibly Garrett Wilson could be that true number one receiver in time, but we'll have to wait and see. But other than the Jets' defense, I have nothing to say. You saw what they did against New England. You saw what they did against Buffalo, one of the best teams and one of the, and a team that's supposed to go to the Super Bowl this year put a six-sack spot on them, 
You saw what happened to, when Josh Allen got picked off twice. You saw what he did on the sideline. He was frustrated. I've never seen Josh Allen frustrated that. I've never seen Josh Allen even frustrated like that. And it's been amazing for them. And I think they're. I think they're, they. They. They want to come into the season and prove all these fans and NFL writers wrong because a lot of them to start the season literally said, "Oh no, the Jets are not going to do anything. They're going to win at least four or five games max." Well, look. Look what the record is. You have plenty more games to play. They're six and three. They're over that. I. I, I just have nothing to say, but fantastic job by Joe Douglas and that organization. Yeah, and you mentioned you mentioned how what they did to jo- to Josh Allen in that game. They for they sacked him five times, and that that Bills offensive line is no joke. Five times, and they forced him to throw two picks. And I I mentioned during our last show on on uh, on Tuesday, they made Josh Allen look like Zach Wilson did the week prior against New England. That was unbelievable. And Zach Wilson, we'll see wh- whether or not he can play. But the fact, but we all we already know that at this point in their careers, Josh Allen is an elite quarterback, arguably a top two quarterback in this league. Zach Wilson's not quite there, so it's not that surprising that the Patriots were able to make uh, Zach Wilson look the way that he looked. But the fact that the Jets were able to practically crucify this guy, one of the top. Quarter, one of the top quarterbacks in the entire league and make him look the way he looked. That was just an unbelievable performance. Their secondary is looking really good, led by rookie Sauce Gardner. Quinn and Williams, as you mentioned, leading that pass rush. It's just top to bottom that defense is balling. And like I said earlier last uh, this earlier this week, this is a team that could easily make a playoff spot. I'm not sure if I would set it as an expectation quite yet because their offense still needs some squaring away to do. Uh, the centerpiece of that game, of that offense, is the running game. So to, they, they need to make sure. I'm not sure. It was a good performance against the Bills, that running game. But I need to make sure that Michael Carter and James Robinson can do it and do exactly what Brees Hall, could, what Brees Hall did. But other, otherwise, like GM Joe Douglas, who took over in 2019, Ever since he took over, most of his most of his draft picks have been slam dunks. Maybe not slam dunks, but he's he's hit on or at least have has been meh on most of these draft picks that he's done. You know, like the only player where we, the jury is truly still out on is Zach Wilson. We're tr- still figuring out whether or not he's the guy, but we can still see that they can win in spite of him, and. He could kind of game manage and just play not screwing up. We can see he can do that. But he needs to play like Josh Allen if he's going to be the number two, the number two overall pick. He needs to be playing like Patrick Mahomes. That's, it. That's, that's what the expectation should be with this guy. He's the number two overall pick in a draft who was, that was supposedly loaded with quarterbacks. And yeah, it's kind of the same way with most of the quarterbacks from that draft. You know, uh, Trey Lance still looking at him, still uh, uh, still looking at tre- uh, Trevor Lawrence. We're still figuring out whether or not Mac Jones is the guy in New England. So it's kind of the same way all around the league. Same with Justin, Justin Fields, although he's starting to show flashes, as is Trevor Lawrence. But that's really the only question mark here. And whether or not he can play, 
is kind of the reason why I'm not quite ready to make them contenders yet. The, the Jets are still a couple of years off, whether or not, whether it's with somebody else at the helm or if Zach Wilson turns out to be the guy. But still, this is, this is a great transformation for the Jets, and they could be competitive for a couple of years with this young talent. Well, let's see what um, Mike LaFleur brings to the table. He is the offensive coordinator. I think he does need to bring it. Maybe, maybe this year's draft could focus on bringing in key pieces to the offensive side of the ball rather than the defense because the defense looks set. When I look at the Jets' schedule, they have a couple of tough matchups coming up. After their bye, they face New England. Week 13, they face a, a tough Minnesota offense. And then week 14, they face the Bills. But when I look at the rest of the schedule, let's see if Zach Wilson and that defense can pass rush and beat the New England's, the New England Patriots, the Minnesota Vikings, and perhaps Josh Allen again. Let's see if that this team can take it to the next step and the next level in order to be that playoff team. Because when I look at the other uh, opponents that they have coming up facing after the bye week. The Bears, Lions, Jaguars, Seahawks, Miami. I see wins right there. I mean, maybe maybe the Seahawks will be maybe will be a tight will be a little tight race there. But when I look at the other three, I see I see wins right right off the top of the bat. Miami faces a lot puts a lot on their offense more than their defense. So let's just see what Zach Wilson can do. That defense though. Everybody underestimates it. They're looking at it right now. It is. I don't think anyone's very... underestimating it now, but it's, not anymore. I, mean, I, I know. On first, but first take. When I was actually watching first take today. They were you know better than of, to listen to first take. Come on. I I know. I know. But like you should were, know better. They would. They would. They would always bash on them. I tend to like not listen to any of these NFL writers because I feel like they don't have no clue what the hell they're talking about because. Coming from a Jets fan myself, my father is also a Jets fan. He was even saying, what are these NFL writers? What are they saying? Are they, like, dumb or something? Because they even were trashing on the Giants. Look what the Giants are doing. Well, look yeah. what the Giants are doing. Look what the Jets are doing. They were also They were also saying some harsh things on the Seahawks. Look what these three teams are doing right now. They are proving every single person in that NFL studio look wrong. It's just complete wrong, and I think they need to maybe give them some like leadway here. The, you mean both leeway? Those teams have, well, leeway, yeah, sorry. They, both of these teams have improved in the offseason. And I just think that need, they need to like maybe like give these other teams a shot other than like the other teams like you know the Broncos and the Raiders. They always – everybody said that they were going to be good. They've had their frustrations, but – other than that, the Jets' defense is a defense to watch, and I think it's a nice stream for fantasy owners to stream in fantasy. I have them right now in fantasy. They're doing a very good job. Yeah, I mean, they're one of the best defenses in the league, and that was a statement victory for the Jets there, not only for their defense, but their, for their team as a whole, to say we, we're in the hunt, we're 6-3 and three for a reason, and we're going to make a playoff push. I don't know if they'll make it. They could. They should. I, I think they, they have a very good chance at making it. But uh, we'll, we will see on that. But any other thoughts before we end the show tonight? Other than that, no. All right. Yeah, no well, Brian, Brian, 
thank you for joining us on the show. Welcome back. You're always welcome back. Let me yep. uh, let us know if you want to come back on the show and talk some Jets later on in the season. It'll be interesting to see how they do down the road. They are six and three. So very much in the hunt for the playoffs. So it should be an interesting stretch. But anyways, that'll do it for us tonight. Thank you for listening to us. We have new episodes out on Tuesdays and Fridays at 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We also have all our episodes available on Spotify, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and so much more. Also, be sure to follow our Instagram at FumbleRooski underscore podcast to keep up with our podcast and the latest coverage on the NFL. Otherwise, we'll see you next week. Over and out.